Welcome to Cardboard Conjecture. We're a podcast about board games where we have opinions and conclusions formed on the basis of incomplete information. This episode of Cardboard Conjecture is brought to you by these great Saskatoon businesses. Amazing Stories Comics on 8th Street, Dragon's Den Games on 8th Street, and Breakout Escape Rooms on Faithful Avenue. Well, hello there. How's it going? This is What You've Been Playing Wednesday, and this is a special weekly episode where we get to talk about the games we've been playing recently. And on this episode are... Dice and Dragons. The Maple Dungeon. The Bridge City Board Gamers Community. And Cardboard Conjecture. And if you have the time, please check out the show notes for the links to the What You've Been Playing Wednesday cast. And as always, take the time for yourself, sit back, and enjoy. What up gamers? I'm Jason and today I'm the only one here from Dice and Dragons. It's been a pretty crazy last couple days for us. Uh, You can find us on YouTube Facebook and Instagram at Dyson Dragons and on Twitter at Dyson Dragon. Today is What You've Been Playing Wednesdays and we've been working our butts off to get out our Kickstarter preview video of Rogue Angels Legacy of the Burning Suns which is what we've been playing this past week. It actually released the day before this is coming out so make sure that you go ahead and check that out if you're interested. Now this game is published by Sun Tzu Games and designed by Emil Larson. This is a game for one to four players, plays in about 60 to 120 minutes, and is a sci-fi legacy campaign game. Now in this game you're gonna be taking on the roles of different characters. Who you take on the role of will be dependent on you. Now we only got to sample a few of the characters. Uh, each of the sets that were sent out Two previewers had different characters in it, so we got to play as Koroks the tank, uh, Vera the human uh, tech specialist, and we had Sigin the cyborg assassin. Now all these characters have different uh, abilities, they also will have their own personalities that will be developed by you as you make decisions during the game. You're going to be painting into different uh, legacy spaces in the campaign folder. You're going to be painting onto the personality markers on the character sheets to really develop your own character. Now this game is inspired by Mass Effect so you can think about the type of interpersonal relationships you may have among the crew as well as with the different factions in the universe. And all of your decisions whether you decide to kill someone, save a planet, let a race suffer because they treated you poorly, are all going to be recorded and affect the outcome in this legacy campaign sci-fi story. Now, you are not able to change characters during the campaign. There are some rules to change your characters if they so happen to perish along the way. So keep that in mind. You will be acquiring companions, new gear, You can have some shared skills that will let you work together with your team to just do a lot of different and devastating things to your enemies. Now, the game is definitely inspired by Mass Effect because you're part of the Galactic Assembly. Well, at least uh, the Galaxy was, and it is now breaking up into our different factions fighting against each other. There's also rumors of a threat coming from 
outside of known space. So you got to put your team together and you're going to be going on missions for sur survival, but that's going to tie in to the plot of whatever's going on in the galaxy. Uh, where we are now, we've been hired as mercenaries and we are working for the Neomorph Polity on a few missions. And I'm sure that that's not going to last for much longer. Now you will also get a ship box that you're going to be using uh, for your extractions of your team. That also works as the legacy box where you can just store all of your components that are active for the campaign. Uh, we didn't have the storybook, but uh, if you do go with the pledge level to have the physical printed books, you'll have flip storybooks in order to play the game, which I think is pretty cool, similar to Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion. Now, the game does play very differently than other legacy-style campaign games. Uh, each player has their own set of cards. Each card has a specific value and a different type. You will play those on your board. Uh, you've got values of ranging from 1, 2, 3, four so if your cards do not cost zero those are the only cards that you play and will get immediately back in your hand you will put them on the space on your board and then at the end of your turn when you can take a rest action they will then move off your board while well, they'll move one space to the left slowly moving off and going back into your hand so if you play your big three cost card don't forget that you will not be able to use that ability for quite a few turns unless you're able to heal yourself using an item or you've got a skill that perhaps lets you advance that card along the track a lot faster. So what's really cool about the game is there are no enemy spawn points. The enemies on the map are the enemies, uh, at least during a specific section of the missions. You'll receive different mission updates as you're playing the game, which will then change the map state as you accomplish your objectives. So keep that in mind. If you do accomplish the objectives, the map is empty. Well, you may be swamped by guards that have detected your activity, what you've been doing. But the nice thing is you won't have to be worried about any more. So if you can wipe them out, well, you might have a nice easy time to complete your task, but that may also affect what goes into the legacy folder. Well, not just your folder, but in that legacy campaign guide, and it will affect the overall outcome of certain missions. So there's a lot to unpack here. Julie and I really enjoyed our experience with the game. We are currently backing it on Kickstarter and hoping to get a chance to experience the game fully. I highly recommend you check it out, especially if you're a fan of sci-fi dungeon crawlers. I think it is well worth your time. And on that note, I'm not going to talk that much more. It's a little shorter than normal, but I'm all by myself. So I'll just remind everyone to keep playing games. Hello, everybody. It's Rob and Anna-Marie from the Meeple Dungeon. Hello. And we are back again recording for the Watchmen Playing Wednesdays podcast. This week, we have two games to talk about. Which game do we want to start with, Emery? We want to start with Ramen Fury. And this game um, is designed by Forrest Prusan Creative and Prospero Hall. And the artist uh, was Hammy, or Hamy. Okay. I'm not sure. And uh, published by Mixlore and a few other companies yes. there. Uh, Ramen Fury. This one you found in your stocking, I believe. I did. At Christmas, yes. Um, and this one is... Super cool. So uh, it's in the same vein as Sushi Go. Um, mm -hmm. Has a similar feel, although it's not a drafting game. Right. It's not like a pass and draft and pass and draft right. sort of game. There's there's a, a tableau of which you're able to grab your cards from to use. But so how does this game work? 
Each player has three bowls of ramen, and yep. your, the whole point is to fill those bowls with a flavor packet and several ingredients. To, the yummiest on, ingredients that work best with that flavor packet. Yeah, there's there's beef, and there's shrimp, and there's soy, and there's chicken, and there's... So it's like basically meat, veggies, and <laughs> then there's like chili peppers... And yeah. nori. There's all these different things. And so each each bowl has to have its own flavor pack and only one flavor pack. Yes. And those flavor packs are going to kind of dictate to you what you should be putting in that bowl. Yeah, like four different kinds of meat right. and four or four different kinds of veggies or three of a kind or right. two of a kind yeah. or one of each or two of each. Yeah, and you're things able like to that. get these cards because you start with three cards in your hand at the beginning of the game and you have several options of what you can do on your turn. You have to do two things. You can either... Play a card from your hand into a bowl that you have. Mm -hmm. You can draw a card either from the tableau, which has four face-up cards, yes. or off the top of the deck. You can scoop out an ingredient using a little spoon um, from one of your neighbor's bowls and put it in your bowl, or you vice versa. can't see me, but I'm glaring at him. <laughs> yes, I did that a lot. And um, <laughs> you can uh, eat your bowl. And that makes it so it can't be touched. Like, all the ingredients are gone. You've eaten it, so they can't mess with your ingredients anymore. Um, and you can... You can clear the deck. Yeah, you can clear the pantry, as it would be. You can remove the four cards from the tableau and, it, yeah. and draw four new ones. And you can... There's something else. doesn't matter. few things you can do there on your turn. And then so the whole point is to go oh, around if you, the If table. you pick up a chili pepper, yes. you can... Um, so a chili pepper is basically minus one, unless... It comes with a fury flavor, like unless yeah. you the if flavor you put a packet. fury flavor pack in your bowl, you all of a sudden turn the chili peppers from negative one to positive two. Yes, yes. so you can um, you can if you pick up or if you have a chili pepper, you can lay it on the other person's hand. Same with the nori garnish; that's just a plus one, but it kind of makes it so they can't get yeah. the extra points from other things they could have put in. Yeah, it, it screws up their what they're trying to do, but yeah, you still get a point. And you have two it. you have two little spoons that you can scoop out. And yeah. put into other people's bowls or something to scoop out of their bowl into your bowl. Yeah. Um, but you only have two. Once you've used them, they're done. They're done. Yep. Oh, yeah. the other thing you can do is you can just pour out your bowl altogether. So oh, if you right. get too many things in the bowl you don't like and you think it's early enough oh, that you can dump I out. Do that. You can just dump yeah. the whole bowl out. And the game will end once you go round and round and round doing all these different things. Um, the the as soon as one of the players has eaten all three of their bowls. Yes. Um, then each other player gets one more turn to do whatever they want to do, and then you count up your points. It's yeah, that simple. It's really quick. It's simple. It's funny, though. Even though it's that simple, it's one of those, do I push it? Do I keep trying to make the best bowls possible? Yes. Or do I try to just quickly make my bowls like, so that everybody points, else... Right? <laughs> yeah. Try to get ahead of the ahead of the rest and just, oh, I've got some points. I don't no, have I'm going to eat it all. But it's a Have indigestion, but cause them to have to count their points, too. Um, but no, this if you like Sushi Go, it's it's cool because it, this is in the same vein thematically mm -hmm. and by the way it plays. So it's like they're similar, but not the same, but they have a similar way of doing it. You're collecting ingredients and you're putting them on top of each other yeah. into bowls versus stacking up a plate of sushi or whatever you're yeah. doing in Sushi Go. So, I mean, they're not, they're not by any means the same game, but certainly if you like one, you'd probably like the other. Yeah. We've played a lot of Sushi Go over the years. Um, and just got this now, and we, we do really enjoy it. So they're both in that same kind of fun family uh, kind of vein. Yeah. Silliness and easy and quick. <laughs> and you can play, well, we just did. We played, what, six or eight games just yeah. now? So 
Yeah. And the kids love it. So. Oh, yeah. They love it. What's the uh, second game we're going to talk yeah, about? Speaking of the kids love it, our second game <laughs> we're going to talk about is Exploding Minions. And this is <laughs> designed by Matthew Inman and uh, Ellen Lee. Art by Matthew Inman. Published by Exploding Kittens and Rebel. SP Zoo. Or <laughs> I guess that's what it's called. But... Yeah, it's so this one, if anyone out there has heard of it, I'm sure, is Exploding Kittens. It's a very popular game. Yes. This is the Minions version of it, and it's quite funny. So <laughs> this, if you don't know about Exploding Kittens, um, it's a, this is the same game, except it's added one little difference. But the theme is fully the Minions from yes. Gru and uh, Despicable, Despicable Me. Me. Um, so in Exploding Minions, uh, you play as, yeah, these minions, right? And, <laughs> Go figure. Um, so, uh, Exploding Minions is. I'm going to read from the read from the website here. Um, is powered version of Russian roulette. Um, players take turns drawing cards until someone draws an exploding minion and loses the game. The deck is made up of cards that let you avoid exploding by peeking at cards before you draw, forcing your opponents to draw multiple cards, or shuffling the deck, etc. So, when you start the game. You are going to have whatever the player count is. We played with four, so there's yeah. going to be three exploding minion cards right. in, in the deck, and the whole point is to avoid grabbing that card. Yes, because if you do, basically you die. And everyone starts off with a card that lets them um, erase. Yes. Yeah, you have one I can't of those remember cards. What it's called they're called uh, diffuse, diffuse cards. Right, or banana. And, um, but there are more diffuse cards in the deck than there are yep. exploding minions, so there are chances you could potentially get extra ones. You could. You could get more, but there's always going to be one winner. There's, oh, absolutely. Yeah, the way they've mathed it out, don't, you yeah. can't have more than one. And yeah, you're going to be drawing cards, and uh, you can either play a card on your turn or pass, but you're always drawing a card. So every round you're, you're drawing a card, and the deck is going to get smaller and smaller and smaller until someone grabs an exploding minion. Yeah. And if they don't have a diffuse card, boom, they blow up, and you... Yeah, now you're down to three. The only and time then, you don't draw is if you have one of those skip cards. Right. And they can be awesome when you have somebody who's like, <laughs> here, I'm going to attack you, and you have to take two turns in a row. And you're like, oh, no. Yep. And then you play two skips, and you're like, ha-ha, joke's on you. <laughs> and Go that happens several guy. times, where especially uh, if you do get a an exploding minion card, and you play a diffuse, you get to take that exploding minion card and put it back into the deck anywhere, anywhere you, you want. want. So you would take the deck kind of under the table, and you yeah. kind of feed cards through your hand, and be like, okay, if I put it right here, it's going to get one, <laughs> two, three, we're back to Anna Marie, and then yeah. she's going to explode. And, <laughs> Which always happens. <laughs> yes. But then for me, it'll be like, I'll, I'll math that out, and then Logan will play some sort of skip, and now it's out of sequence, and now the the... The bomb is coming yeah. back to me, and I better have something in my hand that will either let me shuffle the deck before it gets there, or you know whatever. So it's like, yeah, it's a really funny game. It's really simple, but it's really funny. The kids were howling, laughing at yeah, some of these cards. Were. The art on it and the the flavor text on it is just hilarious. With minions, you know, getting blown up by yeah. dynamite and <laughs> and things, and shot out of a cannon, and yeah, it's it's a great it's a great game. Um, so both games, really good family games. Really funny, um, and highly recommend them. Honestly, they're both great for quick, fun card games. Yep, and they both play well with kids. Yeah, and they're so. yeah super. They're simple and fun and light. Yeah, and yeah, all those kind of categories. So if you <laughs> like that kind of stuff, I recommend both. Uh, 
Realm and Fury, and Exploding Minions. But yes. we've got to run. So we will see you next week. Cheers. See ya. Hey there, it's Norm from the Cardboard Conjecture Podcast and Bridge City Board Gamers community here in Saskatoon. And speaking of Bridge City Board Gamers community, let's see what they've been playing. So, first up, Jason. We played Power Grid, Micro Macro, Crime City, and Role Player this week. Uh, yay. Uh, Power Grid. I have not played that in so long. I got fam in the in the mail the other day, and it reminded me that I need to go and pick up this game. I once had it, and then I sold it. I don't know why. But there you go. Thank you for reminding me, Jason, that that is a fantastic game. I've not played Micro Macro Crime City, and uh, Role Player, oh, I love that game. It's uh, Sagrada with a theme. Uh, Moving on, Eli, Tapestry, Cascadia, Dixit, and That Time You Killed Me. Uh, Tapestry, fantastic. Cascadia, love it. Dixit is such, it's one of my favorite um, kind of party games. I I would say party games or just a game where you just want to kind of have fun at the table because uh, the the explanation of some of these card picks is fantastic. Um, If you, if yeah, if you like something different and something that's uh, amusing, uh, Dixit is so much fun. And that time you killed me, I've not played that yet. I haven't had the opportunity. Um, and it kind of kind of scares me. Uh, I'm joking. Um, so moving on, let's see. There's a lot of discussion about, about that said game as well. So hands, uh, Terraforming Mars, that's a standard. That's a sort of peanut butter kind of thing. Mountain Goats. I've heard you guys play that a couple times, and I'm curious, because you guys usually come out with a good lineup. Uh, Kotal, I've, I've seen it, not played it. I think that, if I'm, if I'm remembering the cover, it's got an Aztec kind of feel to it. But again, conjecture. Uh, King Domino, yeah, yeah. Brilliant mechanism, dominoes. Everybody knows dominoes. Uh, Notilica, I've not played that one. Welcome to the Moon, which is a, 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 a new version of Welcome To, which is a flip and write. And Welcome To has so many expansion pages. It's so much fun. That's great. Uh, Armonia. I've, I've not heard of that one. And Karuba. Karuba is such a fun game. Um, Habba Games typically makes uh, preschool children's games kind of thing. They're the ones with the yellow box, right? And... Uh, they decided to come out with a series that is 14 and up. And Karuba uses that bingo mechanism where you are all the same. You, you kind of all have the same thing, but it just it depends on how you evaluate the bingo aspect of it. And it's that's a yeah, that's a great game. That That's such an inclusive game as far as age range goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great game. Moving on. Uh, Ryan, got to click the little window here. Ryan has played uh, Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion, Draftosaurus, and uh, uh, yeah, yeah, those, yeah, those have got some great plays. Uh, Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion, 
uh, I've got that one on the table. I'm about three quarters of the way through and it's fantastic. And if there's anyone who has not, doesn't have the large, massive uh, Gloomhaven previous edition, this is the best entry level aspect for you to get that Gloomhaven feel without dropping that big Gloomhaven dollar. So yeah, Jaws of the Lions, fantastic. Matt! Matt, well, let's see what Matt's been playing. I'm going to check out, I'm seeing, I've got a board game stats, which is a great app, by the way, if nobody has that app. I think it's called Board Game Bible. And I think that's where these stats are coming from. So, uh, Augustus, Poker, Stone Age, Tinner's Trail, Mystic Vale, Blue Moon City. Wow, fantastic. Augustus. Bingo mechanism, great. Stone Age, one of standard uh, worker placement games. Sorry, John. And uh, Tenor's Trail. There you go. I recovered. Uh, Martin Wallace, I, I, I've got the Kickstarter. And I think I'm going to talk about it in detail on a review coming up because I love my Martin Wallace games. And this one, yeah, this one is, is, is clicking for me. So well done. That's a great lineup. That's a great lineup. Moving on. Travis tried out Tremistigus. Uh, tr- oh, I'm apologizing to a, a game. <laughs> How Canadian of me. Sorry, eh? Uh, very cool and different game. However, you can get ridiculous chains going that naturally cause the player's turn to drag on. Drag on is never really a good word to describe a game. I think in person this would be mitigated, but online I just get impatient waiting. Clicking on the see more part. Uh, otherwise, cool game that I don't think I'll ever uh, be good at since it doesn't fit my play style, but would try again. Yeah, I mean, it's fun to explore. There's, I mean, the only cost is the time, but I mean, the experience is fantastic. Did some solo Imperial classics, Travis continues. Uh, I've Yes, I love the art to that. That drew me in and then the talk of solo play. But a lot of people say it's kind of finicky, but you know what? What awesome games aren't. Cool concept. Had the right idea, but I think it just falls short for me. It will always be there if I want a casual solo game, though. Yeah, well, and that's what solo games are for. They're just standing there waiting for you. Standing by, sir. Standing by, madam. There you go, right? Those are the games you want. Played Corrosion. Uh, Kefir played Corrosion last week. Uh, I picked that one up. Oh, yay. Thank you so much, Meeple Dungeon. Uh, that was it. It was meh. Sold it promptly after. Oh, really? Well, I, you know what? I'm enjoying it. It's a it's an engine builder. There's and again talking to fiddly. Not that it's fiddly. There's a lot of prep involved because there's a lot of it's an engine. So there's a lot of engine parts that you have to go through and find that combination. And I've put in about four plays already. It's 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 a cool game. Uh, as far as the theme goes, uh, I can see where there would be a frustration in trying so desperately to find that 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 massively tuned engine that produces a lot of points. And that I mean, that's the explorative part in engine building is sometimes you build a Pinto. And those people my age are the only ones that are kind of like smiling right now. All right, moving on. Scott, several games of Marvel Champions. And uh, this week, both two-player and four-player. 
one counting, one continuing a run through the Mad Titans Shadow campaign, as well as plays of three-player Lisboa and four-player Azul. And lastly, the continuation of our D&D campaign. Yay! Love me some D&D! Uh, which is such great fun. Collaborative storytelling. Uh, that's the most awesomest thing. Yes, I know I broke several grammatical rules there. Don't tell my wife. She's an English teacher. Okay. <laughs> we will move on to... Let's just see here... Uh, Jonathan, it looks like, I have to take a look at this, played a solo game of Robinson Crusoe and messed with a very angry sea lion. It, it was my first and last sea hunt. Uh, well done. This uh, game can destroy you if you don't play the right cards at the right time or, or maybe some old sp spider bite comes back to... Uh, yeah, this that's such a fun game. It is in my in some of my top, top experiential plays in solo games. So well done. This is Portal Games. If you, uh, I believe they just put out a new expansion for that. So yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Grant, been playing some solo tiny epic galaxies. Yes, that's one of my favorite ones in that tiny epic series. Uh, mostly because, I don't know, maybe because of the nostalgia that um, picking up the hobby... This was in that escalation part of, of getting into the hobby when I watched uh, uh, Will, Will Wheaton's game, <laughs> uh, Tabletop, and they played it, and yeah, I immediately went out and got it. So yeah, good nostalgia, good nostalgia there for me. Garth, now that I have played through many of my Christmas gifts, my last one being near and far, I, can, I just think of Grover all the time. Near? Far! I am starting to play some of my old favorites again. New Railroad Inc., Rolling, Rolling Realms, Near and Far, Search for Planet X. Some old favorites. Oh, I like the first one. Oh, both of them. Black Angel and Underwater Cities. Yes, I want to stop recording right now and go play both of them. So thanks for Underwater Cities. Insert Jason. Yay! Jason does some fantastic 3D printing inserts. Bruges. I gush all over my Bruges insert, so thank you. Kelly, forgot to chime in this week. We hadn't played in a while, but this weekend we did uh, both Happy Little Dinosaur, plus the Perils of a Puberty expansion, and the Princess Bride board game. Both were very good. Inconceivable. Uh, <laughs> well, that's awesome. My, I myself... Uh, I, I, like I said, got to the table. I played Corrosion, and uh, as was mentioned before, Corrosion is an engine builder game from Capstone, a new one that I believe is in from a publisher in Germany. And it is, thematically speaking, the it kind of, and I don't want to say Industrial Revolution because there's, I don't think there's much of a timeline, but there is a theme that is old, rusty engines. And I mean, that's my leap is, yeah, Industrial Revolution. But what this is, it's very interesting how it uses, and again, there's a lot to set up. You have the market of all the engine parts that you need for this engine. So you have chrome, which never rusts. And that's the idea uh, in this game, which is so clever, I think. Again, I, know, I don't know, maybe the cleverness might wear off. But the cleverness is that in metal, Things corrode, things rust, unless 
their chrome or they're treated in such a manner. In this manner, chrome never rusts. And of course, that's the ultimate resource that you can get. But the, the rusting idea is connected with time because on your player board, you have a four sector dial that rotates that determines, and you've got these engineers that will go out and will, will do this engine part work for your engine, for you to accumulate this engine. But these engineers are going to be gone between one interval up to four intervals. And as this cycles around, that's when you get your parts. And that's what, it's this whole factory uh, system where this, uh, e you know, easy things take short time and busy things take long time and you lock up your workers. But you have this ability with steam power. And that's where, I, you know, I jumped to the industrial revolution leap that uh, the steam itself if you have a boiler that's operating at a, a really good interval where you always have steam, then you're able to use this steam to change, break the rules a bit, push this timeline up and down. So uh, I'm still, I think I might, I'm, I'm still, the, 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 my brain is still wanting to uh, play a little bit. Now I've played only solo, so that, but they say that if you're playing solo, having uh and the way they use the the it's a great ai that they have in the solo version that it replicates somewhat um, other players at the board in regards to taking parts off of this market and messing with your plans so yeah yeah corrosion that was uh that was one i played and i have to talk about <laughs> one i've been playing with daniel and sophie because wow she's competitive too uh, and uh, it is Catapult Feud by Yellow or ILO or Yellow. And what it is, let me set this up for you. Think cartoony Middle Ages. And, uh, and you are two opposing castles that are uh, launching catapults at each other. And yes, there is a plastic catapult. And yes, you are launching little rubber catapult balls. And what you do is you uh, set up at, at a certain distance and the, the rules, I mean, it's a one page rule thing. So it's, it, I think what I'm loving the most is the enjoyment I'm having with my family with this game. And you set up your castles and they're these little, these little uh, rectangular blocks that you, you know, put the walls up. And then the objective is each person has five soldiers that you have rules on how to place them and where to place them. So you place these five soldiers down and you have a cards it's a, i mean they've they've done a good job at trying to put some dimension into this game you have these power cards and i'll get to that later but the essence is you just take turns firing catapults at each other trying to knock the soldiers down and uh and as you know as these typical games go you know last soldier standing wins and uh yeah i'm discovering that daniel has turned into a sharpshooter this is dangerous dangerous i tell you and uh, so now the cards, yeah. So once you get the, the base kind of, you know, mechanics or, or technique or dexterity down, you have uh, 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 three cards in your hand and three cards down per side. And the powers of the cards are uh, shoot twice. Uh, one card is, this one is so dangerous. You are able to go to your opponent's side. I think it's called the spy card, where you're able to control their catapult and shoot it at their own fort. Now, it might sound dangerous, but there's a rule about distance, so it's not like you can wind up and haymaker their fort because, it, it, I mean, you'd fire the catapult right over, right? Put that in your head. Uh, and then all these other cards that, that 
add a little more flair to the game and, and, uh, and dimension to the game. But bottom line, this is, this is a 20-minute game, 15-minute game that is giggles. And for at least me, a lot of the time is, okay, stop aiming for the cat. You know, that's what the kids do. No, I'm joking. The cat's fine. <laughs> the cat actually keeps, keeps the components on the table. <laughs> so, yeah, that's Catapult Feud and, uh, from Yellow Games. And I, I'm, I'm so glad I picked this up because we've had so many laughs. This has been so much fun. A lot of positive energy at the table. And, uh, you know, wh that's what we need lately. We need a lot of positive energy at the table because everyone's getting a little fatigued with the, uh, the COVID and, and everybody wants to get out and play in public and, and together. And, and uh, yeah, what well, we just get, stay strong, stay strong. And, and you know what? That being said, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much to the content creators who take the time and contribute to this special weekly episode and this awesome community. And uh, that being said, Keep your stick on the ice and take care out there, eh?